Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Catfish and Crappie podcast. My name is Mark and tonight's guest is Kyle Tyree, right Kyle? That's how you say your last name? Yep, you betcha. You got it. I was kind of worried. I meant to ask you before the show, but I totally zoned on it. I've been kind of rushing around trying to get stuff done here. I was listening to uh, Catfish Weekly in the car on the way home and uh, uh, finally managed to get in here and we got set up. So uh, it's probably even pretty good that Lyle and, and, and Lyle talking to Doc um, with James ran a little bit over. That was really cool. So uh, um, welcome to the show, bud. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited for this. Just so uh, people know um, a little more about you, being there's a majority of the catfishmen in the world here, um, tell us a little bit about uh, um, where you're from and, and what you do, and, and and we can get into your YouTube channel, but we'll get into that a little later. So, Yeah, definitely. So uh, what I do, I mean, I'm up in northern Wisconsin. Uh, we call it, a lot of people call it the vacation land up here, but, you know, to me, it's home, and it's beautiful up here. We love it up here. Um, do a lot of fishing, a lot of hunting, um, you know, try to be as self-sufficient as we can with, uh, you know, we have chickens and we go deer hunting and fishing and, and just, just living the life you would say it's, it's a, it's a really fun time. And yeah, I do the YouTube and I have a, I work full-time job doing uh marine sales and four wheeler sales and stuff like that. When we can get the product to sell right now, it's unfortunate times, but, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, up in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. And have you been up there your whole life? Pretty much. I mean, I, I, my mom had a job for the USDA, so we moved around Wisconsin a little bit. I lived down in Oshkosh for a while and did a lot of fishing down on the Fox River down there in a little town called Amro and uh, pretty fun down there. And I wanted to do more uh, deer hunting and more uh, just have more variety of fish. So moved up this way and uh, love it. Uh, Fox River is near and dear to my heart, especially down here in Illinois. I've been meaning to, to head north and, and do a little exploring in it up there. Maybe uh Go up there in the winter, do some pike fishing on the ice. I know that's a big deal up there, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we can uh, – Wisconsin, we have three lines out. So a lot of people – sometimes people just sit in their trucks and put tip-ups out and just wait for the three tip-ups to go. Otherwise, you know, what I like to do is put a couple tip-ups out and then have a jig rod in the ice shack and just sit there and jig panfish or wash the camera down underwater and know if there's pike around. But there's some big pike up here. You betcha. Yeah, Lyle Stokes, he's uh, scared to death to get out on the hard water, so I offered to to meet him up there, and there's a guide up there. You'll have to forgive me for not remembering the name of the service, but they actually take people out on airboats. Oh, interesting. So there's no way that he is going to fall through the ice. I even offered to rent an Argo, and he still won't do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, the ice wasn't sketchy to me really until last year when the snowmobile went through, but uh, that was... That was human error and a couple other things, but yeah. That's right. That's it. That's one of your, there's definitely one of the videos on your channel that uh, kind of grabbed my attention right off the bat was uh, um, yeah. that whole scenario. Um, so, so what exactly, what happened uh, when you put your snowmobile through the ice? Well, there was a, a big turn of events that day. I mean, my buddy and I got up fishing at five o'clock in the morning and we went out on, we were actually out on two lakes that day. We went to the first lake and, um, we were, we walked out right from the boat landing because it drops off to 30 feet really fast. We didn't have to go that far. And we had a good 10 inches of ice out there and, and we fished there till probably about 10, 10 in the morning. And, uh, we came back home, had a little bit of breakfast and then we're like, it was noon. So we we're ready to go out on lake number two. And we got out there and you know, everything was looking fine and we were going along. We had just gotten some snow and, um, turned out that halfway across the lake there was only a couple inches of ice and we we're in 15 foot of water and the sled just went right through the ice and we were able to jump off and uh get on get on good ice and you know fortunately just sit on the ice and wait to get rescued because we didn't know where we could walk back to and, and you know what was good ice and what wasn't because we were probably three quarter mile or so from the closest shoreline so it was, it was tough and how how did you get rescued so an airboat came out, uh, a boat with a fan on the back of it, you know, fan boat. Yeah. 
And the, they, we, you know, we have one down here on the Fox too that a buddy of mine runs, and they do a lot of rescue and recovery stuff with that too. So those airboats come in come in handy, definitely. Yeah, definitely. The crazy thing is, I mean, the this there's a lake across the street, and just as big as the lake we were on, and um, the lake across the street had people driving on it the same day we went through the ice. Wow. Yeah, so 10 inches of ice is a lot of ice. I don't know if a lot of the people here that live in the South realize that 10 inches ice is, is, is pretty yeah, darn sturdy. You can and drive that was a car or like an S10 small truck on ice or on 10 inches easily. And, and not be worried about it either. Yeah, right. Definitely. So tell us a little bit about the recovery. I thought that was cool how they pulled the sleds out. Yeah, so we had, uh, well, that was the thing. You said sleds the same day. There was another kid that went through at 7 in the morning that I didn't even know about. So we had two sleds right. down there totally unrelated guy I had no idea who he was um but he reached out to me during the whole process and we had a diver uh we cut we cut some uh big holes in the ice we had a diver go down and he had uh he had these bags that he put on the skis and then he had a separate air tank that he put a hose in the bags filled these bags up and that just brought the snowmobiles up so it was kind of cool once they got up to the top I reached my hands down in the water grabbed on the skis put a put a winch cable on them we had our four wheelers about 20 yards back and uh, we ended up taking a cable behind the four-wheelers and anchoring the cable into the ice so the four-wheelers wouldn't get pulled down the hole. And mm-hmm. we had to get the winches, and, and the snowmobiles just came right up over the ice, and they were on the ice. It was really easy how they came out, I would say. It was it was crazy. We and then you also went, went through the, um, the actual steps you had to do to get your sled up and running again. That was another cool video. So there, yeah. there's a whole series out there uh, <laughs> on Kyle's on YouTube channel. And, and I noticed that Abbott's sharing out the link in the chat. Uh, if you guys want to go there and check it out, I highly recommend it. It's very entertaining. Yeah. Unfortunate uh, turn of events, but uh, just had to keep people informed. Yes, sir. We got a uh, look. We have Justin's fishing fetish showed up. We have Jeremy over at Hooked Up, SK's Crappie Catching Adventure. Uh, if you're into crappie fishing, check out his channel. He's in the great state of Texas. He does a he catches a lot of crappie. Uh, Bob over at Fins and Finds, I've seen here. Twisted Fishing TV. What's going on, Frank? How you doing? I like to make sure I catch the ones that I missed at the beginning of that are starting to come in. Um, mm-hmm. So, how long have you been doing YouTube? Um, so I've been doing YouTube now for 10 years, actually. Um, I've, I've always wanted to like have my own hunting and fishing show. And basically when I've, I've been recording since I can remember, I mean, I have tape camcorders from when I was like 10 years old because I just love to, to document the experience. And, uh, when YouTube came out and I was like, Hey, I can, I can make my own videos. I can do whatever I want. I can put them out there. I, I, uh, I had to figure out a digital platform and when youtube came out they like there were um ipods like the ipod touch basically your mp3 player Mm -hmm. of apple and uh, i started making short little 30 second videos on that back in 2010 some of my first videos and um i I just kept going with it as the technology progressed i you know went right along with it and got better camera gear got better stuff and just kept on sharing my uh passion for the outdoors and showing people how i set things up and just how to videos and i just I just really like that and kept on going with it. So yeah, I've been doing it for ten years. Wow! So you you got you definitely got in on the ground floor. Good for you. Yep, yep. There's a lot of people probably out here in chat and listening to the podcast that wish they had started it. You know, ten years ago. There's a lot of there's a couple of people in here like uh, Lyle over at Catfish Weekly. He's been doing it for like seven years. He's been doing it for a while. Good on him. It's good to notice those trends happening in that. So uh, yeah, good, definitely good for you guys. You know, I've been watching for 10 years, that's for sure. I can tell you that as a fact. And I know what it was like. I'm in the technology business um, mm-hmm. as a profession, and, and I know that it was probably pretty hard to overcome the 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 barriers that, that were in place back then. It wasn't now where you could just shoot your video on your phone and upload oh, yeah. it directly from there. Yeah, definitely. So, yep. what, what, so what? how long would it take you to get video to upload? Um, You know, what I actually did is, when I would go fishing, we'd, we'd, you know, it was as we got a tip up, we'd start filming saying, okay, we're running to the tip up and, um, we'd pull the fish up, let it back. And it'd be like 30 seconds. And that I'd go to the gas station and I'd sit at the tables at the gas station, use the gas station Wi-Fi, And I would upload that and it would probably take 30 minutes or so. So I'd sit there and, you know, have a candy bar and a soda while I'm waiting for my video to upload. And that's, that's how I did it. There's there's a lot of people that work. I, I know Mo Creek fishing out of Missouri. He uh doesn't have a 
very good internet service where he lives in this rural area. So he'll actually have to still do that drive out to town and, and, and get his video to upload it wherever he's sharing the Wi-Fi with. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, what's going on, buddy? Uh, some people have to do that. I'm fortunate enough to, that one of the bonuses of living in a more heavily populated area is internet signals. So, but hopefully it'll change. Yep. I mean, it's 2021. I, I was always told we'd have flying cars by now, but we can't even get a good internet signal all over. Yeah. Country, so. The libraries always have, you think about it, they always have good internet, but I mean, who? there's not a lot of people that go to the library anymore, but if you need it, that's where I went a couple of years ago when we moved houses and didn't have internet set up yet. Mm-hmm. I had videos to upload and I went to the library. And the name of your YouTube channel, we probably should have mentioned that. So the people yeah, at home can. Wisconsin Fisherman. Just type just, that in. Just Wisconsin Fisherman. I have links in the description. Avid's posted links in, in, in the chat, which I appreciate him for. And in the podcast, if you go into the description, I'll make sure that the link is there as well. So uh, yeah, check, yeah. check out Kyle's channel. I think you really like it. Uh, now let's talk about, let's talk about some fishing here. Yeah, we well, yeah, that. That's what we're here for. So what's fishing like in the uh in your neck of the woods in Wisconsin? Oh boy, I mean What's your favorite fish to ch- to chase, I should ask? The one that's on the end of my line. I I don't care what I'm catching if it's a rock bass or a bluegill or a, a walleye, muskie, as long as it is hooked on the end of my line, I will reel that fish in and I love it. But if I had to choose like maybe a fish to eat, I'd probably lean towards like crappie, you know, Crappie is like a really good fish, especially in the wintertime. You know, they're nice and flaky and, and whatnot. I, I really like crappie, perch, bluegill, walleye. You know, they're, they're all good eating fish. And when you say perch, you say you mean yellow perch, correct? Because perch is a lot oh, of Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, yellow people. perch, people call them barred perch, uh, you know, just mm-hmm. a standard. Yeah. Or what do they call them? Red fins over in Europe. Miniature ones I, of those. Right. <laughs> yeah. The ones over in Europe. Have you seen those, <clears throat> those videos over on Carl and... I forget his channel. They're going after like four pounders. I was that's insane. Yeah, floored by that. Somewhere, 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 uh, where were, they were in the Netherlands? Somewhere I, I don't remember offhand, but uh, yeah, and they're just ridiculous. They're catching uh, perch that are like from my here. Big, they're big, 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 and they're they're so fat. Chris Uselton is asking, how many times do you get out? How many times do you fish? I imagine he's asking oh, how many times boy. do you get out? To um, fish? I I fish all the time. I mean, I I. If you're looking at a weekly, you know, weekly seven days, I'm probably going to be fishing at least three of those uh, on on a good week. Otherwise, it's, you know, maybe a couple, but there's some days where I'll, I'll, or some weeks where I'll get out every day. It just depends on weather conditions, things like that. We got another question from chat uh, from Alicia uh, Barnett. She's asking, what's your favorite fish to catch as far as the fight? Um, smallmouth, smallmouth are an awesome fish to catch. I mean, they have an awesome fight. It's kind of weird because sometimes throughout the year in, in the, in the early part of the year, you'll actually get them to jump out of the water. They'll, they'll do some aerials. Um, and, and that's pretty fun. And, but in, as the year goes on and progresses, they'll actually, uh, it's weird because they'll fight harder in the, in the later months when the water's warming up, they'll stay down further and they don't jump up mm-hmm. as fast. And, uh, I really like smallmouth. They really give you a run for the money. I want to thank uh, Real and Raider Outdoors for the super chat. I really appreciate the support. Oh, yeah. uh, it goes right back into the channel. So uh, thank you very much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, let's see if I'm missing any other questions in here. Um, so you do, uh, I know you do a lot of underwater video. Um, yeah. How'd you get started with that? Uh, well, that's that goes back to like over 10 years ago. Um, Aquaviews had had little cameras and I always, I being a kid, I was like, this is, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen is the fish underwater. And again, technology just progressed there. And it went from this little, probably like three and a half inch to three and a half inch screen. And it was big battery, big cables all the way down to a handheld unit nowadays. But, um, I just, I just kept on, uh, you know, progressing with technology. And when I could be able, I, I would put my camera facing the screen or the monitor and I would use that footage to upload onto YouTube because I wanted to share it with people because I'm like this is awesome like what's under the water it's right under your feet um and and now technology I mean I basically plug a card into the camera and it records it and it just keeps on going hey look at this realistic fishing's in there what's going on realistic he says Kyle (laughs) Kyle reminds me of a young babe Winkleman I hope that's good I mean babe Winkleman's really good (laughs) 
Yeah. They're babe, we're all fans of babes here in, in, in this chat and in Panfish Nation. And, and uh, yeah, uh, that, that's, Big that's coming. Cool. Big things coming. Uh, I've had a chance to interview Babe, and, and that was fun. He's a real good dude and super knowledgeable. So uh, you're in good company if people are considering you in that same league, Kyle. So congratulations yeah, on that. Uh, and Realistic has got a big channel. He's been doing this for a while, too. So maybe yeah, you guys have crossed paths somewhere. I follow somewhere. him, too. He's, he's got some awesome videos. Keep it realistic. That's right. And, and clean up after yourselves. I yeah. like when he goes on, I like when he goes on his rants telling people to clean up. Right. Because that needs to be done. Easy. Speaking of that, I want to make sure that the people uh, uh, who don't know and also the people in podcast land it. Avid Fisherman is having uh, a tournament every month. He is doing a trash bag tournament where people are picking up uh, waste at their local fishing spots, weighing it, sending them pictures of the scales with the bags, and the one at the end of the month that has the um, the 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 most trash collected wins a twenty five dollar um, Amazon gift card. And I think people are starting to send him uh, a little more to offer his prizes in the near future. So I wanted to make sure to give him a shout out, and That's people. Cool will take part. So yeah, that's something that's, that's worthy. There's all these tournaments going on and this one is definitely making a difference. Uh, let's see what else is going on in chat. All right. So let's talk a little bit about, um, let's talk about your crappie fishing. You do quite a bit of crappie fishing. I saw one video you were yep. crappie fishing with a, uh, with a cane pole, correct? Yeah, that was a really challenging video. I was out uh, a couple weeks before that and, uh, the crappie were working up towards the shoreline to start spawning. And, uh, Sydney and I really got into them. And uh, we were just using, you know, a, a bobber up top and about a foot below it. We had a little like flu flu jig or a jig with uh, some little red feathers on it. Basically, when it comes to crappie fishing and they're up in the spawn when the water's at 53, 55 degrees. I mean, you can usually throw anything at them and they're going to eat. And that's why they're so fun to catch. But yeah, the cane pole, I, I came back about a week, maybe a week and a half later. And the water temperature was really fluctuating. We had a really weird year um, th this year with, with the water up and down and weather. And uh, I, I thought it was going to be, a, you know, I thought it was going to be easy. And I was like, oh, we're just going to dangle it over and catch some crappie on the cane pole. But it was it was by far that. I mean, I, I boated up in there really slow. I could see the crappie. I put some flies on the end of the rod, and they just did not want anything to do with it. But uh, it, it was really fun learning experience. Um, at the end of the video, I ended up figuring out that if I hooked my minnows, what I was doing, I was hooking my minnows through the mouth, like right through the, you know, through their nose. Right. Usually you do that on a jig, so it looks like the minnows, you know, you're jigging it along and mm -hmm. swimming. <clears throat> and I was doing that with just this hook and letting it swim along. And I put it right in front of the crappies, and they just didn't want it. And what I ended up doing towards the end of that video, the cane pole fishing video, I uh, was hooking the minnows through the back. And the weight of the hook was was weighting them down. And the minnows that were ended up trying to swim upwards in just that reaction of the minnow swimming right in front of the fish. They were they were eaten. So it was, it was really cool to be able to – I was spending about three hours just messing around, messing around, and then to figure it out. And, and then by that time, I was like, okay, I figured it out. I'm, I'm going to head out now because I, I was it was a tough day that, that day was. <clears throat> but it was yeah, cool you mentioned you're out there for so long trying to get them to go pee. I don't think a lot of people that don't make videos realize that how much time is invested in making that eight to sixteen minute video, correct? Oh yeah. Yep. A lot it's, of time. Like you say, eight minutes. I mean, that takes me three, four hours. And sometimes people want a want a longer, you know, they want a 15, 20 minute video, and it's like I can give you a 15, 20 minute video, but there might be blank space where we're not catching fish because that's fishing. Alicia's asking if you ever spider rig for crappie. Spider rig. Is that where you see the guys with like four poles out and you just drift? You do, so, and they're just kind of motoring along. I, I don't really have the setups to do that. My dad does that with like two rods. He'll run um, just a little jig with a, a little skirt on it, and he'll mm -hmm. just kind of sit there and drift along, and he puts like a wind sock out and just kind of dr drifts with the, with the wind. I haven't done any of that yet, but uh, I'll try to figure it out someday and, and putz around with it. You know, with the with the advent of live scope these days, even oh, a tournament fish, the, even a tournament fishermen are moving away from spider rig, and that's where that and you know pretty much uh, got it took off. Yeah, spider rigging took off in the south when they were looking to fill those five fish bag with big fish. So they'd up their numbers by having you know, um, I think it was four to six. Uh, 14 foot rods out there with double hooks on each one, double jigs, and they would just as slow as they could move, 
pick up crappie that way until they got on them and it was wow, pretty productive okay. but now a lot of the crappie tournament guys that i talked to uh they're they're one pole fishing it and they're doing just as well with that live scope so yeah that's that's crazy technology it's it's, it's it just gets better and better so um you have a video out there now we're jumping all over the place but i like yeah. talking to you and i get excited talking about fishing and technology let's yep. talk about that new boat ears tell us a little bit about that 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 I want to say that badass aluminum craft you're driving. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm very fortunate to be able to upgrade boats. Uh, it's a 2021 aluminum craft competitor 185. It's mm -hmm. a tiller, so I have lots of room in it. And I've uh, recently, you know, started guiding people and taking people out. And uh, I can, you know, I can fish five people in there and not even touch shoulders. It's it's awesome. Um, I got a Helix 12 on it that runs side imaging off the back. And then I have a, a Helix 9 for doing mapping. Then I have the Altera up front with automatic deploy and side imaging. I don't run it up uh, the, the graphs off the front of the trolling motor. But uh, I, I got it rigged up pretty good, fortunate enough to be able to do that. And um, it's a fish catching machine, <laughs> let me tell you. The, the people up north, they love their tillers, don't they? Don't you guys? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we have a lot of small bodies of water up here. And, and to, you know, we don't get a lot of them huge four or five foot rollers to where we need to hide behind the windshield. I mean, we get, you know, a, a crazy day up here is going to have three and a half or four foot rollers, but how many people are out that day, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, yeah, I mean, having a, having an 18 and a half to too. <laughs> and plus, you know, <clears throat> people like to have their, you know, the dual console ones down here, uh, shelter them from the wind and stuff. Once it gets cold up there, you guys are on the ice. The boats are put up. So, oh yeah. You know. Yeah. The first sign of frost, I mean, there, there's guys that, you know, put the heaters in the boat and musky fish and walleye fish right until you get down to it. But there, there's a time for me that, that comes to where I'm going to be, I switch over gears and I start bow hunting and, and, and trying to get actual, you know, put food in the freezer. Um, mm -hmm. Because summer fishing, it, it's fishing to me is fun, but hunting is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get some meat. So I'll, uh, I'll put the boat away just a touch early where there might still be other guys like the, I would call them the diehard guys that are out catching walleye and, and big muskie right until they're breaking ice at the boat landings almost. Yeah, they're taking advantage of the fact that people are out there hunting because that's probably, if yes. you're a diehard fisherman, that's a good time to be out is during the hunting season. Definitely. Yep, Exactly. I want to just wanted to address it, Alicia. You can use uh, um, your catfish rod holders and do something called long, long line trolling for crappie. So um, you can do searches online and stuff. They're out there. Uh, a lot of people have great videos on how to long line troll for crappie, but you could definitely use those rod holders for that. So, uh, and and how long did you say that boat was? Because it looks pretty big in the video. I'm sorry if I missed it. I was trying. Yeah, to so it's it's eighteen and a half foot boat. 18 and a half. That's a good size tiller. Uh, Chris wants to know if you use leeches that people in chat are usually. Uh, Ooh, that's that's kind of a secret right there. No, <laughs> leeches are my go to bait. Um, if, if you can find leeches in the store, find the biggest ones. You're going to pay a little bit more for them. But up here we have jumbo leeches. I actually have some in the free or in the fridge. And uh, you got a jumbo leech that's probably about three inches long. And when it hits the water, you're talking a six, eight inch long leech. And the fish love them. Just make sure you're not by at a bluegill or perch. I mean, you're going to catch big smallmouth. You're going to catch walleye. Um, that's about what I go with. Crappies, not much. But smallmouth and walleye, big leeches. The bigger, the better. Uh, and you fish them pretty much just like you would a worm, right? Or you'll tip a jig head with it and... Yep. So um, if I'm doing leeches, I'll actually, there's, I run about two, two to three different rigs. I'll run a drop shot rig with, with the weight at the bottom, um, like a quarter ounce weight. Usually just, you know, I, I used to clip on uh, sinkers, just put sinkers on the bottom. You go up about a foot and you tie a hook and then just hook that leech and then drop it down to the bottom or cast it out and just slowly pull it back in. The weights are going to keep that at the bottom and uh, if you're if you're dropping it straight over the edge of the boat, just you know, just kind of jig it up and down a little bit, and uh, you're gonna be, that's making sure that that leech is about a foot off bottom, which is perfect, you know, for a fish to come grab it. And uh, another way I like to to set them up is with uh, slit bobbers if I'm fishing in like deep rock shelves or something like that, or weed edges. Um, you know, 14 to 15 foot of water, you're gonna want to use you know slit bobbers and leeches. And I I put a I put I don't put the leeches right on a hook on. A slip bobber setup, I like to put them on a jig because if you put them on a hook, sometimes what they'll do, you know, they'll wrap themselves up, they'll cut themselves in half. And, uh, you know, 
I like to Chris, and drop shots. <laughs> Chris Hugelton has another question. He wants to know if you ever use uh, a bait walker. I have never even heard of a bait walker, so fill me in. I think that's um, – uh, what are they called? Uh, um, uh, the the lead weights with the wires that you use for walleye. I, the Lindy, okay, is the so Lindy I call no. – Bottom bouncer. Yeah, I call them bottom bouncer. Yeah, I used those last week. Yeah, if, if that's what they are, um, that's what – yep, we use them up here um, running what we call Lindy rigs or, you know, spinners off the back of them with night crawlers or leeches or minnows. Um, just depends on the time of year and, and the target depth you're trying to go after fish at with. Because there is a time right, right about, uh, I would say, two weeks ago – where fish start to transition from um, from hitting those with like spinners and, and crawlers on them to where you're going to actually just run um, run just deep diver crankbaits. There's kind of a, a, a switch period when when you go from running bottom bouncers. When you're running those deep diver crankbaits, are you you hitting are you hitting bottom with them? Is that the the basic no, you're idea? actually not. You're you're trying to cover deep basin, so you're in like you're in like 40 foot, and you're trying to get a target depth of where the thermal climb climb is at, which is like usually mm -hmm. 20 feet or so. And the, and the fish just find bait, find bait balls of fish, and then you'll 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 find fish. You just just troll. I mean, it takes time trolling, but it'll it'll work. Yeah, Justin asked if you were talking about a worm harness. That's pretty much what a Lindy rig is, right? Is yeah, a worm harness? Yeah, worm harness, spinner rigs, Lindy rigs, whatever you want to call them, bait walkers, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, we don't see the only time I ever used leeches or seen leeches is when when I'm up north, like on vacation or something. So it's pretty. Yeah, cool. I never realized that a crappie wouldn't bite a leech, though. Yeah, I've 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 never I, I can't say I remember catching a crappie on a leech. I mean, I, you could probably do it. I mean, I've caught bluegills. With, take small leeches, uh, cut the leech in half because bluegills tear everything up and you can, mm -hmm. you know, put them on a jig, cast those out and you can get, you know, three, four fish per, per leech. Otherwise, sometimes with the big jumbo leeches I use, you know, if a fish is coming up, you get the fish in the net, they shake and your leech is gone and they're not cheap. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, they're not. What, what's the like, how much have you paying for leeches up there as of late? Um, so boy, three dozen leeches, three dozen jumbos are 20 bucks. And you can buy them by the half a pound. I think a half pound is uh, twenty six bucks, but I think you're better off to buy three dozen leeches. Yeah, bait's been out of. Uh, I, 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 they're trying to charge me eight bucks for a twelve inch sucker down here, and that adds That's, up pretty quick. When you buy them bucks up here. nine bucks up there, yeah, they're they're getting expensive. It's always been that bad, but this year they're getting especially bad. We used to be able to pick them up for like six bucks a piece. In there was years a big freeze out up here about two years ago, so I don't know how I don't know the growth rate on those, but it's it's mm -hmm. been it's been tough up here even to find the big suckers too when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SK's Crappie Catching Adventures has, have you ever fished with the YouTuber Flopping Crappie? I have not. I think we've talked before about fishing, but I, I haven't fished with him. Yeah, he's a big crappie guy from up your way, I believe. I think he's closer to the um, Minnesota border. So Okay, yeah, I, d I definitely think I've talked to him before, though. And there's people out there wanting to check their bait shops in chat already for leeches. You got them. Everybody wants to yeah, try something. Yeah, they're seasonal, too. Different. So you're not going to find leeches in the wintertime usually. Um, I think it's it's a, it's a late May to end of summer kind of thing, and then the leeches just uh, hibernation or something. They just kind of disappear. I got a, my, my good environmentalist buddy, AJ, is watching, and he's, he's probably telling what the leeches do because I don't know. Shout out to AJ. How you doing, yep. bud? And his family. <laughs> That's very cool. cool. We've got people watching at home. If you're watching at home, I do want to remind you that if you do miss some of the podcast, you can always go and download it on Apple, Spotify, all the major podcast services. It's available out there, and it's kind of one of my pet projects that I really enjoy doing and converting the show into. Uh, it's been a good thing. Um, I've gotten a lot of subscribers that actually come over from the podcast uh uh, the podcast world over to here and, and vice versa, which has been pretty rewarding. I'll just say, uh, let's see, just, we got another question. Oh, wait, where's Alicia's question? Uh, just curious. How much do minnows run where you live? That goes for Lyle, Mark, and anyone else in chat. 
Oh boy. So it depends what kind of minnows you're talking. If you're just talking the little crappie minnows, which are I, uh, smaller than the, I would call them a fathead, uh, crappie minnows, mm-hmm. you can get up here for, you know, $2 a dozen or so. And usually one dozen means two dozen. So they're not, yeah, they're not we're, but when you get into the fat heads, I think you're running three fifty for a dozen, or they do they do like a like a you know orange scoop. A scoop. Yeah. They'll do a scoop for like five fifty or something like that. So yeah. But shiner minnows are you know shiner minnows are probably eight nine bucks now. Sucker minnows like a, a dozen of northern suckers or walleye suckers are pushing seven eight bucks just for a dozen. So yeah, we're right. The large fat heads are running right off four dollars down here. So the, it's it's yeah. good to know that they're kind of the same everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um. Suck, you mentioned sucker minnows. Now, are you just using them for walleye on a uh, like a big jig head or something? Yep. So actually, this time of year, getting into uh, the September bite, I'll start just throwing jigs with sucker minnows out, dragging them, bouncing them across bottom, things like that, or even uh, smaller fat heads or, or walleye suckers on on slip bobber rigs, things like that. Yep. Uh, that's one thing I haven't tried. I haven't done too much walleye fishing. This is the first year I actually got out and targeted them, and I happened to get into two on the first day. I was kind of surprised. They were monsters. Nice. They were keepers. They were, like, yeah. right at 16 inches. So I Perfect. got, I brought them home, made myself a nice little dinner out of them. Wife got to taste them. It was pretty good. It's good-tasting fish, almost as good as crappie and perch, almost. almost. Yeah, right. It, 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 I, I think it's right up there with them. I do, too. What's your favorite fish to, to eat? What's your favorite tasting fish? Crappie, for sure. Crappie for sure. How about perch? Perch is pretty darn good too. I can't. Perch has got a nice hard crisp to it if you cook it right. I like perch too. Yeah, and and what's your favorite way to cook fish? Fry them. Deep fry for lunch. I a lot of people. Well, my dad makes it a really good way, which is really messy. But he'll take uh, uh, saltine crackers and Ritz crackers, one one to one bag, crush them up. Uh, dip the fish in egg, like an egg mix, and then put mm-hmm. it into that, and then fry it. But your your oil gets really poofy and kind of um, kind of, your oil gets nasty to where if you were to just take a shore lunch, uh, you know, you buy it in the box. If you just take your fish, kind of dry your fish off, dip it in the shore lunch batter, and fry it, you have a lot cleaner oil. It's going to last probably four to five batches of, of fish, which would probably be up to fifty fish. Um, mm-hmm. to where if you if you're running an egg mix, your your oil is going to get pretty nasty. You I'm know when I when I when I do like an egg mix or, or or any other mix like that, what what I find is, and this is just for people in chat here, is if you cover up what you're, you're I deep fry in a um a cast iron Dutch oven, that works okay. really well, holds the heat real well. I'll cover it up and I'll leave it sit for a day in the house, and that'll all settle out, and you can ladle out the clean oil at the top. So that's just a quick tip. But I know oh, exactly yeah. what you're saying, so yep. that works pretty good. Uh, they also have some of these new deep fryers, electric ones, where you actually just turn a valve and it drains into a tank through a, a screen mesh filter, which are kind of neat. I've been meaning to try one of those out. That'd be cool. Save yourself some oil. Use it again a couple times, probably. Yeah. That's it's, if you're eating a lot of fish. <laughs> yeah. I don't eat enough, but uh, it'd be kind of cool to, to try. That might be a... Um, uh, a, a good video for, for one of us out here to make. Realistic says beer and flour one-to-one. I like using flour too on my fish. You just got to make sure you cook that flour taste out of them and you're all good. So, yep. Yep. That's what I used to cook at the restaurant. We use, we use beer and uh, like a, some flour mix when I worked there back in the day cooking fish. Do you do any walleye? I mean, uh, any uh, musky fishing up North? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I usually hold off on the muskies until, late august and then into september um i'm just doing a lot of other fishing until then and then i always think in my head musky fishing gets better uh, um towards the fall and uh yeah i do a little bit of i like to put the suckers out there and what people call pulling pulling suckers basically you're running on a bop, big bopper about four feet down depending on the water depth but just out back behind the boat and then you're up in the front of the boat casting you know uh bucktails and slower top water baits it just it depends on the time of year what you're throwing to but muskie fishing is really fun it's 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 a blast and i got a i got a couple of guides in september i got to take some people out muskie fishing so that'll be a good nice. time yeah I'm, I'm gonna take a little time to brag here my personal best muskie is 25 inches kyle how about that hey it's a muskie a lot That's of people even just catch a muskie i always ask people when they're getting on the boat you know have you ever caught a muskie before or when i'm talking to them and 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 just to catch a twenty five inch muskie, and then things fight like a forty inch pike. I'll tell you what, tell you what. It, it was it was pretty fun. I, I caught him also on you know on a quarter ounce jig and a worm too, so that was kind of surprising. There you go. <laughs> Nothing yep, like my that. first like, muskie came on a leech and slip bobber. 
There you go. It was 25 inches probably. Mm, or it's like catching like a six pound bass on cut bait. That's always a pleasant surprise. And I'm not a big bass guy. Yep. Uh, do you do any uh, largemouth bass fishing up there? You know, there, there are some days to where the wife and I'll just go out, we'll do some swimming and like, we're not filming or anything. And we're just, we're just mm-hmm. putzing around. I'll, I'll throw the frog out in the middle of the lake and, and just go for it. And, and the crazy thing is I always call them the hail Mary cast. If I'm, if I'm bass fishing, you know, I'll fish the lily pads, fish the fish, the shoreline, but you always just got to look behind the boat at the big lake and go, I'm just going to cast this in the middle of the lake. Cause why not? And I've caught a lot of fish on poppers and in frogs out in clear open water than just casting them through pads. Like you, you do, you know, it was, it was weird, but I do, I do a little bass fishing here and there. How about you do any lake trout fishing? So in the winter time, we go up to the Schwamigan Bay, which is Ashland, Washburn, um, the, um, it's Lake Superior. And, um, yeah, we do a little bit of lake trout fishing up there. I haven't really got into them because usually lake trout are like 80 feet and deeper and mm-hmm. we're getting out at a depth of about 30 to 60 feet. So every once in a while you get a lake trout mixed in, but we catch a lot of brown trout and splake trout, which a splake is a mix between a brook trout and a lake trout. They're a stocked fish and they're uh, very good fishery up in, up in near Ashland of, of, uh, of splakes. We'll get some cohos and stuff too, but I've, uh, I've never got into a laker up here yet. How about the, do you get on the Kings in the fall? How far, you, you, are you up by Oshkosh? So you're not that far from the Great Lakes, right? So, well, Oshkosh is just north of, say, Milwaukee, right? Like probably, I don't know, hour and a half-ish. But I'm I'm five hours north from there. So from where you're at, I'm, you know, I'm five, six hours away. I'm, I'm an hour and a half from Ashland. Gotcha. So okay. when, when I go up to Ashland, I trout fish. I'm going to go for about three times a year. I'll go up there and, and you know, pick my days, get, get on there. Jeremy over at Creole Catfishing wants to know uh, what fish is on Kyle's bucket list. Do you have oh, a bucket list? Gosh, you know a bucket list fish. I can't say I really have one, um, but I, I I always admired the fish, um, the Arctic chars. They kind of have that big like uh, fin on their back, and I know mm-hmm. up in Alaska they they say they're they're like catching bluegills up there sometimes if you're in the right waterway to where you catch a lot of them. I, I think that's a really cool looking fish. And if I were to have a bucket list fish, I would probably say an Arctic char, something like that. I mean, a Goliath grouper, it is something, something different that you don't see every day. I can, I can definitely understand that. Um, uh, I, I'm a fan of all the, it's, it's part of the, the, the salmonoid family, isn't it? Or it's, or they just habitat the same waters, don't they? I have no idea. <laughs> I believe, I believe they do. They're way up North. I mean, like Northern Canada and Wisconsin and, and Alaska, I believe. Yeah. Hey, somebody could probably fact check me and I'll get an email saying that, no, they're not wrong, but I, I yeah, apologize. Wherever. They're, they're just, I just think they're a cool fish. One of my bucket list fish that I got was a, a an eel pout, also known as a burbot, as a lot of the people in chat were giving me a hard time with. But yeah, uh, yep. so burbot, they, well, they call them lawyers too. Yep. Lawyers, well, it's, uh, they do call them lawyers. They do. I'm married to one, so I got to be careful how I use that term. <laughs> right on. <laughs> uh, let's see, people giving each other a hard time in there about me asking bass fishing questions and. They like smallmouth, greenmouth, or largemouth bass. They're called everything from ditch pickles to green carp down here. So, uh, you got it's a lot very of them polar. Down there, it, yeah, we get we have a lot. Um, I live in the same area where uh, uh, John B started fishing and did most okay. of his videos. So yep. I live in that neck of the woods. Right on. What is tarpon uh, ice fishing? Somebody asked that question. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. I, tarpon. Have don't you ever did tarpon way. ice fishing? There is no tarpon in ice. That's saltwater fish, bud. Yep. Um, <laughs> Unless there's something so, I don't know. So tell us a little bit about uh, your guide service. You'd mentioned you're starting to do a little bit of guiding now. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have a few scheduled days off at work. And, uh, you know, if, if I can get somebody to do like a half a day that wants to do a half a day guide, I can get out of work a little bit early and, uh, you know, take some people fishing. And uh, it's something I really like, share the passion with, even somebody that wants to learn. Um, like I said, I sell boats and stuff too. And there's been some guys that, um, you know, electronics, how to run your electronics. I even, I'll even, you know, hop on your boat with you and, and, and show you how to run, um, run electronics. 
I, I can't stress enough how, how awesome that would have been back when I first started. It had cut years off the learning curve. So yep, if you guys yep, get a chance and, and, and you, you come across a guy that's willing to teach you what they've learned over the years, it, 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 it's worth it. Go ahead and do it. They can teach you so much. Uh, Matt over at Want to Be Outdoors says it was a mistake. He meant surge, sturgeon. Do you fish for sturgeon? Oh, through the right ice? on. So um, that ice fishing sturgeon, um, down in there, you're going to have two lakes in Wisconsin. You can spear sturgeon. Uh, that's going to be Lake Winnebago. And then they call the upper river tag is Lake Poygan. And, uh, everybody wants the upper river tag. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like bear hunting. You have to draw points each year. You get a point to be able to spear up on this lake. And I believe in, don't quote me on this. It might be like seven years just to get a sturgeon tag to go fish the upriver, uh, which is Lake Poygan, which is clearer. Um, and yeah, you cut a hole in the ice and you wait for them to come through and you spear them. Um, lake Winnebago, very big lake, very uh, dirty lake, shallow. Um, anybody can buy a tag to spear sturgeon and, um, for Lake Winnebago. They have... Um, they have a quota the, the DNR does to where they say, okay, this year we are spearing 200 sturgeon. Um, they have quotas for males and females and things like that. And it, it's really cool to, that they, that they manage that fish so well, being that it is, uh, you know, it, it, they're prehistoric fish. Um, and there is that you can hook in line uh, summertime fish for sturgeon. Even up by me, we have the St. Croix river. Um, the uh, yellow Lake up here is a pretty big Lake. And, um, up, up here, you basically, you can buy a, a sturgeon, you can buy a sturgeon tag for $10 and go out on the lake, but it, you can only sturgeon fish from September 1st to September 30th. And the sturgeon has to be 60 inches in order to keep it. So there's a slot limit. They are, they're managed pretty well, I would say. Um, and they, the DNR does have a really good stocking program. Uh, they take a lot of fish, a lot of fish get caught at local dams that have, you know, they can't swim any further up river. So they just mm -hmm. get stuck at the dam. Everybody catches them. And, um, they're actually, I, um, I caught a fish about 10 years ago and my, I, it had a tag in it. It was a, it was a surgeon. It was about 23 inches. And my buddies just caught one. And it was, it was the tag number was 300 fish off of the, of the fish that I caught. So it was kind of cool. And they said that fish was, you know, it was like a five-year-old fish. It was 24 inches or so. Um, so it was, it was really cool to see the growth rates and things like that. So there, there's a stocking program I'm guessing, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Wisconsin has really good stocking programs for anything from sturgeon, the walleye to muskie, um, trout. I mean, pretty much every state mm -hmm. does, I would think. But yeah, Wisconsin does a really good job at that. Wisconsin does a really good job at managing their resources. And I yep. mean, people, yep. people here, uh, uh, people, you know, spear fishing for sturgeon and stuff, but they, they make it so people can do that. Um, yeah. there's a lot of heritage there that they, they're, they're trying to honor and doing so. And it, and it's not like, it's a pretty big deal to get out on the water and do so. And not too many people do it. They do have a sturgeon fest, don't they? At one, one part uh, of the year, I think I saw. I can't say they do. I don't. I, maybe they do, or but I, I don't. There's one town that that has a big deal going on. I, I don't know. I'll, no, I'll probably. Have to look yeah, up. I mean, it's it is a big deal. I mean, it's probably somewhere in Oshkosh. I mean, because that's is where you know Lake Winnebago is, and mm -hmm. sturgeon spearing is a huge thing. It's usually I think it's 16 days, I believe, or two weeks somewhere in there. And I mean, the sturgeon season could end in seven days if they spear that how many sturgeon the quota is in seven days. They they get on the the, the local radios. Is a really cool thing. Is uh, a lot. Uh, people listen to local radio during the sturgeon spearing time and uh, they'll say, okay, Hey, we got, you know, however many fish left and, and the season's over. It's done. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this, the season doesn't go all day long either during, during a standard, uh, the hours, like you're going from daylight to, I think it's one o'clock. So at one o'clock, you got to be out of your ice shack and spears, you know, out. Put up. Yeah. Some good, very tightly managed. So yeah, definitely. Um, yep. And that's been going on for a long time. So there's still fish and they're still able to do that and they do control the numbers. So if, uh, you know, a lot of people hear that whole term spearing fish and they get really bent out of shape. It's not like somebody going out bow fishing a bunch of uh, rough fish. They're actually, it's more of a an event. Yeah. Um, I, yep. I'm sorry, Kyle. Uh, Chris Uselton says, Kyle, do you ever get up into UP and fish? Um. Actually, last year we, we, we went through the UP and came down into Sheboygan, Michigan, and we fished uh, 
Black Lake and Mullet Lake. We did a little bit of northern spearing. Didn't have any success, but yeah, we went through the UP. I did go camping up in the UP, up in uh, the Porcupine Mountains. Did a little bit of trout fishing up there. Um, not really any like, you know, taking the boat or anything like that up that way. I have yet to have been up there, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so what are your plans for your YouTube channel? Oh boy. So basically what I've been doing is trying to keep it different. I've been, I did a boat walkthrough video, the new boat, cause you know, I kind of had to do that. But, uh, the last, well, the last video, the wife and I went camping. Uh, we took the boat out overnight. We packed everything into the boat. We went to the turtle flambeau flowage over near park falls, Wisconsin. And we just boated out and there's 60 campsites on there. So we went to like four of them and there were people there. So we just kept on going until we, uh, we didn't see a person. We set up camp. We had a really good time and relaxed. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, it was, it was all about relaxing. And her birthday was, uh, the next, pretty much the next day. And, uh, it was just nice to get away and to film it at the same time and share the experience with, with other people. Um, but what I'm trying to do is, is lead into, um, I want to do more of like a vlog kind of show people what we're doing. Um, you know, just do different videos. I'm going to have, you know, I got a, I got a crossbow for bow hunting. Uh, I'm going to try to get some of that in here. Uh, I'd always do my gun hunting videos. So, uh, show the harvest of deer, um, just, just more stuff than just fishing because I, I do so much more. Like, like I recently started spearing, um, which, you know, harvesting, uh, bluegill crappie underwater. And in, in Wisconsin, they have, uh, certain counties that you can, spear in uh, underwater snorkel or diving and you have a you know a, a spear gun or like a rubber band with a shaft you let go and mm -hmm. fish um that's something that i didn't even know what you could do in wisconsin until two years ago um i stopped at o'reilly auto parts there was a guy working on his boat and i said hey do you need help with working on your boat and he goes are you wisconsin fishing and i'm like oh yeah that's me how you doing you know chatting with him and he's like you ever been spear fishing Long story short, I love spearfishing. It, it's super fun. Um, and uh, in Wisconsin, you can spearfish uh, bluegill, crappie, rock bass, perch, and then and then your rough fish, of course. But uh, it's it's really fun. It's really fun. Yeah. You have to have the mindset. You know, you're going to harvest fish. So, and, and even even if I'm going to go fishing to keep fish, you look at you know. Um, if you guys have ever heard of uncut angling, everybody knows him. Maybe if you yeah. don't, check out Aaron Weave, uncut angling. He had a video that really hit home to me. He talked about a fish pyramid. If you haven't heard of it, you know, you got big, let's talk about crappie. You got 14, 15, 16 inch crappie up at the top. In that top, there's a few, there's a few of them. Then you get down to that next level. You're going to have your 12, 13 inches. There's quite a few more of those or, you know, 10, 10, 11 inches. Then you get down to the eight inches and then so super small, there's going to be a lot more on that pyramid. And when I go out in, in harvesting bluegill, or I'm going to keep, keep crappie or whatnot. I always have that in the back of my head saying, okay, this, this is a giant fish. I'm letting this one go because it's in that top of that pyramid. I want to catch fish a little bit smaller. Those fish are going to be the breeders. And you know, if, if you, if you catch a fish, you follow hook it, it's a big fish, you keep it, whatnot. Um, right. But when I go out to spear fish, I am harvesting fish that are, you know, good size, but not giants because I want the giants to reproduce. You know, I want to keep them genetics in the lake. And, and hopefully a lot of people have that same mindset too, to, to you know, keep them big fish, keep them growing. And that's the thing with, with how, why I've started guiding too, is like, I love seeing people catch fish. And if I can catch a big fish and I can put it back for somebody else to catch it even better. Absolutely. And obviously you're letting the breeders go back. I oh, mean, yeah. even when I'm bait fishing for bluegill and stuff, if I come across like one of those big bull bluegills, the big males with the ball, they, they're going right back. They're mm -hmm. definitely not, they're not going in the, they're not going in the grease and they're not going on another hook. But um, I definitely can say people, um, I, I think how to put this gently, people let their hearts uh, get in the way of their minds sometime. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, perdition and disease, um, it takes its toll. Um, uh, for that fish, even with a crappie, for it to get to be 14 to 16 inches um, is, is, is a lot less than, than it is than them being, you know, taken out somewhere in the food chain or, or, or getting sick and passing. So right, definitely. it all goes by. And, I mean, we have biologists that are pretty smart that can figure out limits and stuff so i'm a firm yep. believer in that yeah and they do a couple different uh they're doing some different uh testing on that too up here we have some lakes that have a uh 10 fish 
of each of each species limit. Um, so they'll do sometimes they still have a 25 fish panfish limit, but they'll do mm -hmm. uh, 10 crappie, 10 bluegill, five perch, or there's some lakes that only even do um, you know 10 10 crappie is is the limit. That's something of, recent though too in, in yes. the north, right? Yep, yep. They're definitely uh, they're testing it out, and I think I think that's awesome because there's old guys that go out there, you know, and they'll catch 25 fish, they'll go home and then they'll come back and catch another 25. And it's like, that's, that's not how this works. Let's, let's be fair. No. You know, 25 is plenty. That, that's quite a bit, but people do definitely like to stock their freezer and not have to go out. It's that whole survival mentality back in the day. Right. You know, there was that concern of going hungry. That could happen again someday, but not right. not, not in this day and age. And that's so. why I go out and, you know, hunting deer and, and looking at different food sources there, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a huge, I want to say huge garden. I think our garden is like 40 by 30. we got Brussels sprouts, you know, tomatoes. we got the, a lot of stuff in it. We're very fortunate it's going the way it is. We just, like I said, we uh, processed chickens yesterday. We had 14 meat chickens that we processed up. It was pretty fun. I was going to record it for YouTube, but then at the same time, I was like, okay, that's a really big step to something different than fishing. Right. And I slowly want to lead into what we do at, I would call it our homestead here. And, Homesteading, uh, yep. You can yeah. always start a homestead channel. That's a really big sector in, in YouTube, Thought trust me. Thought I watch, I watch a, bump the, I watch a bunch of those videos, and then it, I kind of like snap out of it and say, there's no way you have the energy to do that every day, all day. <laughs> right, right. Plus, I got you know less than a third of an acre city lot here. I don't. I could have chickens. They actually allow chickens here now, but we'll see. I don't think I'm going to be doing that anytime soon. Yeah, chickens are super easy. Easy. You just feed them and water them. But the hard mm -hmm. part is when winter rolls around, you know, it's you got frozen water, your eggs are freezing, you got to get out there. I mean, people don't think about, you know, chicken eggs freezing. They freeze, they crack. Farming's a lot of work, even chicken farming. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, and I did see that post on Facebook. I was like, oh, look at Kyle. He's really getting into it. Yep. And how many chickens did you say you got out of that whole deal? Uh, we did 14. We had 14, 14 of them. But we still have another, I think we have another 19 and a goose for, for eggs. The goose is just mm -hmm. a protector. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Like you see, geese. Is the goose friendly to you guys? Uh, the goose is friendly to us, but if, if like a friend comes over, you know, he'll definitely make some honking noises and, and make, make a scene like, hey, it's, that person's different. It's kind of It's kind of cool. Very cool. And when did you start? When did you decide that you were going to start raising chickens? How long has that been? Uh, three years. We've been having chickens for three years. And um, three years. last year we had 20 that we uh, we took to a butcher to have butchered. And uh, this mm -hmm. year we figured we'd tackle it ourselves, and uh, it went really smooth. How about ducks? You ever think about getting some ducks? Um, yeah, so we had a duck, uh, just one duck with some chickens and, and we learned that duck is very messy. Like they mix their food in the water and, and the water would be brown in like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And, um, unfortunately about maybe three, four months we had, had that duck and, and our chickens got attacked by a fox and we lost the duck. Um, so, so we were, you know, saying no to more ducks, but goose being a protector, you know, kind of win, 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 lose because we get the protection, but we get dirty water. So it is just different. So we were like, we'll go with a goose, but no more ducks anymore. I like ducks. I don't know why I could watch them all day. And I've had a couple of duck egg goblins that were out of this world, but oh, they are yeah. a lot of work from what I understand. Yeah. So we're way, we're a way off tangent. Yeah, back right. We're homesteading now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that homesteading sectors that's <clears throat> that's big that's taken off on youtube for quite a while now so yeah yep. i get i get i go down that rabbit hole a few times a year and uh I, i'm really amazed at, at, at how people are, are able to make stuff it's, work for themselves it's and, so and cool live what you see. i know people out there not going to mention any names that uh DoorDash everything every day they're like the anti-homesteader yeah that's interesting <laughs> do you guys have DoorDash up by you, Kyle? No, I mean DoorDash is like order by command from your phone. People deliver food, so like we're like twenty minutes from the closest McDonald's, so okay. <laughs> there's there's no DoorDash up here. Actually, when I was in Ohio, I was even further than that from the closest McDonald's, so that was kind of eye opening. Dash? They don't. No door dashing okay. there. No door dashing in a, a couple of the places or a couple of the places where my listeners live and friends live. So, gotcha. Oh, gotcha. See, I want. <laughs> there he is, right there. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that, but yeah, yeah, yep. knew I was talking about him. 
so you mentioned you do you do sell boats for a living, right? You work for uh, what kind of dealership? What brand? Yeah, uh, I work for a LumaCraft dealership. We sell uh, mm-hmm. LumaCraft boats. We sell Yamaha side by sides, four wheelers, jet skis. Um, but yeah, with this year, we haven't been able to get any product. And you know, being a salesman, you pretty much live on what you sell. So mm-hmm. I, I got my guides license, and I've been, like I said, I've been guiding people, trying to make some extra income, and uh, it's it's been uh, it's been working out. W- better than I thought it was going to. I mean, we've been catching fish and people love it and I love doing it. And I'm, uh, I have a plan to, to go full-time guiding and full-time YouTubing. It's just when I'm going to put that in, into place. Definitely. So if people want to um, contact you to hire you as a guide, how would they do so? Um, well, they can give me a call or shoot me an email. Um, my email is, um, is it on your about page on your channel? It is. It's 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 Mr. Kyle Tyree at gmail.com. So okay, cool. So you guys can email. you can go to his channel, watch a couple of videos, subscribe while you're watching the video. That's the best way to get subscribers to stick. Um Definitely. and then check out his about page and uh uh contact him if you want to go up to the great state of Wisconsin and get on get on some really good fish up there. Do you do you gonna do any guiding on the ice? Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm going to do some uh, tip-up guiding, some pike guiding, panfish, some crappie. Um, basically, pretty pretty standard on, on that kind of stuff until we get some pretty heavy snowfall. Um, then we get some slush on top of the ice. The ice gets a little sketchier, you would say. Um, and, and then I'll kind of fade out of it and do a lot more YouTube and then videos but yeah i i love the guide and i love taking people fishing and like i said when i throw a big fish back i'm just hoping somebody else catches it just so they can have just as much fun as i did catching that fish you have any stories to tell without mentioning any names of uh anything strange that's happened on guide trips um no everything fortunately everything on my guide trips has has been just awesome i mean recently i had a guy um i had two buddies one from alabama one from georgia and the guy from Alabama was 77 years old, and he's never caught a walleye in his life. So I was like, we're going to catch you a walleye today. And uh, we were pulling what we call the Lindy rigs or the spinners, worm harness mm-hmm. with the bottom bouncers. And, and I remember it because it, it was, it, well, it was only a couple of weeks ago, but I was like, it's going to be a midday bite. And, and they both started laughing like, what's midday? And I'm like, anything between morning and night is midday. So <laughs> and, and they're like, okay, okay. And about... Ah, 20 minutes later, a troll and the, the guy from Alabama, he, he, his rod just bends over and it's screaming. I'm like, here we go. We're in 40 feet of water. There's no way you're snaked or nothing. He pulls up a 25 inch walleye, beautiful fish. Um, we ended up keeping it so he could eat it. And, um, it was, yeah, it was his first walleye he ever caught. So it was, it was super cool. Very cool. I'm sure he was excited, and there was a lot of pictures involved in that whole deal. Oh right? yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it was it was really cool to to you know help him catch his own walleye because he he talked about going to the Arctic Circle and he caught char and he's been or Arctic char and he's been in uh you know Montana trout fishing and and out on the sea deep sea fishing, but he's never caught a walleye. And I was oh, like, let's do it, let's do it. It was it was really fun. A realistic fishing says he fish. Uh, I fish a park called Tyree Access. It's Skeletor Park to me. I actually know that Skeletor Park from your videos. I want to see. Tell Alex to send me that on Instagram. I want a picture of that sign. That'd be cool. I'm sure he'll be able to do that. He'll catch you. Yeah, send Hopefully me a picture. Heard of that. That. Mm, that'd be cool. cool. I can guarantee you there isn't a Shibish Park anywhere in this country. So I'd be pretty happy to see that. <laughs> hey, maybe. <laughs> maybe someday. Uh, let's see if we got. Let's see if I missed any questions here. Oh uh, yeah, SK says he's going to get into guiding too. Have you? If you get a chance, check out SK's Crappie Catch Adventure. He's a a great uh, um, uh, jig pulling guy out of out of Texas. He really gets on some big ones. SK also has a live stream show on Wednesday nights on 9 p.m. Central Standard. Uh, there's a lot of a, a, a lot of knowledge there. Uh, he always has his, his, his crappie buddies on there with him. So, uh, uh, that's a good deal. I want to make sure I always plug SK shows cause he's such a big supporter of mine. So, uh, let's see if we any more got people talking to each other. All right. Well, 
we're coming up on an hour here. I want to thank you for your time, Kyle. I really had fun talking to you again. We did yeah. talk on Panfish. It was Panfish Weekly at the time. Now it's Panfish Nation. Yep. Um, yeah, it was, was great. the I, first show on Panfish Weekly, Panfish Nation. I was you, the first guest. You absolutely were right before the man Babe Winkleton. Babe yep. Winkleman, which you were called today. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's some pretty high praise from some pretty cool people. Yeah, that's um, awesome. I appreciate that. That was fun. I wanted to definitely thank you again for coming on here and for being on there. You're a great guest. I love your channel. And if you guys are not subscribed to his channel, make sure you go over to Wisconsin Fisherman. The link is in the description, both on the YouTube uh, channel or on this YouTube video. And also it's going to be on the podcast. Uh, so give him a check out. There's big things coming um, from Kyle. Um, you you were also talking about doing your own podcast, maybe, right? Or hopefully, Yeah, definitely. One of my buddies uh, was talking about how we should kind of do one together and uh and and, and do that and I was like you know that would be pretty cool but i just i don't know where to start i mean there's so much to talk about fishing but at the same time i kind of just like uh what can we talk about you know but i guess talk about anything you can but, you absolutely can well i want to wish you the best of luck with that if you need any help holler at me i'll be more than tell you what little i know but i'm always willing to share so uh thank you again for yeah. being on i want to thank everybody in chat i want to thank uh the super chat and uh you guys have a wonderful night get out there and fish have fun hopefully i'll get out and do a little live stream fishing this week um that seems to be going well people seem to like it so uh keep your uh, eyes and ears open and uh we'll see you then all right guys bye-bye thank you thank you